Hey guys, this is Emily and Brittany here. Um, we wanted to say something before the show today because when we recorded this weekend, we didn't direct the events going on in the world today. And as we thought about it, since then we realized that to not talk about it is, I mean, beyond just being bizarre, it seems wrong. And so... Uh, we just, we wanted, we wanted to sort of get through our, our thoughts and feelings and also offer some resources from people who are maybe looking for places to donate or people to call or things to do. So that's what we're doing here. And we don't, we don't want to make this about us. It's not about what is happening to us or what we're going through. But we both feel that as white women with all the privileges that go along with that, we need to be speaking out and we need to be promoting and centering black causes and black voices because black lives matter. I live in New York City and seeing what the NYPD is doing is horrifying and while I have never been a fan of the city's police department, what we've seen going on this past week has been um, shocking. And maybe it shouldn't be shocking. Maybe I should have known that they were always capable of this. But seeing police cars drive into peaceful protesters and using tear gas... And rubber bullets, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't want to make this about my own fears, but I also feel that as, as somebody with a voice and as somebody with a lot of privilege, I can't be silent. And so, um, I'm going to hand it over to Brittany who has some stuff to say on her thoughts. And then we're going to give some places you can go to donate or or call to action and stuff like that Brittany yeah I I wrote down some thoughts because you know I've been thinking the past couple days and it's it's so wrong and it feels so wrong for me to sit here and not discuss what's going on I I literally have no excuses as a white woman I I know my privilege I've lived a life where I don't fear officers and I've have close family members and friends who are police officers, but it's ridiculous for me not to speak out. And it's ridiculous for me to become offended when people insult police officers, because I will never know what it's like to fear for my life in the hands of an officer. And I can't sit here and be like, this person's going to be offended or this person's going to be offended that I'm talking badly about police officers because that's not the point. That's my white privilege talking right there. And I understand that though there are wonderful people who serve their community, there are also some god-awful human beings that do, that don't deserve to walk on this earth. And we need to hold those fucking people accountable for their actions. And I'm so heartbroken to see everything that's you know been going on in the world the past week and a half. And I understand that my silence could be infuriating and insulting. And I want to apologize to everyone, to Emily, to our listeners, to my friends and my family. Like, it's so wrong for me to have this platform. 
and to not speak out about the injustices in the world and how police brutality just needs to end. And this is a human rights issue. I applaud those who are peacefully protesting and have been speaking out about the injustices in the world and police brutality since day one because I should be doing the same. George Floyd should be fucking alive. That's not even a question. All four officers, they're arrested. Good. They should be charged for murder. They're all responsible for killing George and police brutality needs to end and police officers need to do better because it is infuriating and horrifying seeing everything going on right now. Yeah, and so um, we don't we don't have a lot of answers. I don't I don't think we really have any answers. But um, you know, I I don't think that we want people to feel helpless either. So whether that's going out and joining protests in your area, or whether that's calling your your representatives um i know right now new york city is getting ready to pass their annual budget and that includes the police department which as of right now every budget is getting cut across the board except the police department and so if if you're in new york please please uh look up your city councilman, you can find, obviously, you know, you like there's a website, you type in city council, you type in your zip code, you get people to call and people to email, write and tell them you don't want social services cut so that police can have more military grade weapons. Um, but, you know, look, go to blacklivesmatter.com. You can donate to them directly. They also have just great list of calls to action where you can find their their different programs and petitions you can sign specific places you can call and write do that um right now with all the protests going on and protesters getting arrested a lot of people have been donating to bail funds to get them out as quickly as possible if you go to bailfunds.github.io it'll give you a list of places throughout the country there's some national ones like the national bail fund network or the bail fund project but if you want to give locally you know i see listings for for several like things in in every state you know some of them are statewide some of them are citywide and that's that's a good place to go for that uh another place you can donate to the naacp legal defense and educational fund and we'll, we'll put up links to everything um, on our Twitter, but they do, whether it's it's helping with litigation or advocacy or public education, um, you can also go to the National Black Justice Coalition, which specifically focuses in on empowering black GLBT community. So... I mean, especially because somehow during all of this, it's still Pride Month. And, and so that's that's definitely a, a, a great resource for that. Um, the specific challenges that Black transgendered men and, and women face is 
uh, frankly, horrific, the rates of violence that they face. So that can be a good resource. Also, if you sort of want a good um, collated list, go to Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matters dot C-A-R-R-D dot C-O. Uh, we have that. It's actually our twinned, our pinned tweet right now. And it'll give you a whole list of petitions, um, causes you can call or text or email, uh, you know, local, state, national government on. It'll give you places to donate to. It'll give you maps of protests you can find, um, you know, protests or vigils in your area and also will give you resources. And so we're going to we're going to continue to to tweet out things that we think might help. This is something that everybody needs to be speaking up on. Um and I'll say this if if you're a white person now is not the time to ask your black friends to educate you. Uh there's a lot of resources out there and you have to do the work. We have to do the work. Um, I, I don't think I'm just speaking for myself here. I think I'm probably also speaking for Brittany, which is we're going to probably fuck up. And we might have fucked up tonight. I don't know. And if you fuck up and you get called out about it, you got to take the hit and you got to do better. And it like it fucking sucks. I know that. But doesn't like it's a drop in the bucket compared to what black people in this country face. Like if the worst thing that happens to you is somebody says, hey, you said something that was shitty and you need to do better. Like, man, that is a privilege right there. So uh, I don't, I don't want to go too long tonight. Cause again, this isn't, this isn't, it isn't about us, but we felt that remaining silent was a bit deafening at this point. So uh, after this, we're going to go to the podcast. And I guess you can hear us talk about Star Wars. I, I mean, I don't even know. I sort of felt weird putting out an episode at all. But, you know, maybe maybe that is the thing to do. Maybe people just want some sort of thing to listen to for an hour. But we love you and stay safe and do something and say something. And um, again, Black Lives Matter. Welcome back to Canto Byte Dispatch. Today, I'm Brittany, and joining me today, as always, is my friend, Emily Lynn. Hi, Emily. Hi, Brittany. How are you? You know, hanging in there. It's been uh, really, like, crazy last couple days in terms of the world being on fire, but, you know trying to get through that yeah i agree how has your week been um other than you know other than like real world being awful you know it's been a week um it looks like new york is starting to plan out reopening um the first stage i'll probably still be like working from home, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks I can actually like go back to the office. How are you doing? Good. I think California is like already at phase three, so 
restaurants are reopening again. Uh, drive-ins are open. I'm trying to think of like what else is open. Um, I know that my work is like 90% open. So things are slowly going back where they used to be, but also they're never going to be exactly where they used to be because everything is. So yeah. Like I don't feel like I'm going to be shaking anybody's hand for a long time. No, and I don't even think I'll be, like, hugging, you know, people other than, like, my family. Like, I remember on my birthday the other day, like, one of my coworkers hugged me, and I'm just, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, is this even allowed? Yeah. <laughs> my, um... Will I get fired? <laughs> my little brother... God, he's not... I guess he's not little anymore because he just graduated high school. They had, like, a... They had a virtual ceremony, and then... Because he goes, he goes to a to a the private school, and so it's it's fairly small. So they could do this, which was they divided the senior class, which is only like thirty five people, up into groups, and you had a time when it was like your time to drive up to get your diploma, and then you know this, you know the the principal of the school and the staff were there to clap at everybody and say congratulations, and then you drove around and parked and would watch the next person go through. Yeah, and they're wow. he, my little sister is graduating this year too. Um, not for a couple. I'm still they're still not sure what they're doing, but they're also having a graduation open house in the church parking lot. So they'll have like posters and balloons and everything set up, and then you know people drive by and they cheer and they give you a thumbs up. And I mean, it's sort of it's it's so weird to think about. But at least it's 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 better than doing nothing, I guess. Yeah, that's that's so exciting. I'm loving like all the different graduation ceremonies that everyone's doing. Like it's it's all very creative in these times. And I'm just glad that a lot of these students are getting the graduation ceremony that, you know, they deserve because yeah, at you know, least they like, at hard least to get their degrees. You need to do something oh. because it is like, it is a, like, I mean, it is a big transition and it is a big yeah. deal. And even though like when I think about my own graduation now, I'm like, well, mm-hmm. that was nonsense and who cares? I know at the time, like it meant something to me, even if part of that was, thank God I never have to walk into these doors again. <laughs> did you like high school i liked parts of high school i didn't hate high school um it was it, you know there were some not great things that happened like within my friends group my, going into my senior year which were a pretty big bummer and i was you know glad to put that behind me and now i sort of think a lot of those mm-hmm. people can go fuck themselves but <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, yeah. it wasn't, you know, I wasn't like hugely bullied or anything. And I, I, you know, I had some good friends there and I had fun in the drama department and I took a bunch of classes that I liked and had some great teachers, but overall not the best experience. How about you? Oh, I, I enjoyed high school. I, I did tennis all my four years, so I made a lot of friends in the tennis group. And, and I mean, like, I only had, like, four friends. And, like, they're the same four friends that I have, like, today. So 
I'm just happy that, you know, I had, I always had, you know, people to go to or places to go where it's like, I, I felt safe and I got along with all my teachers. I was really close with a lot of them, which was like really awesome. Like I had this one teacher for like three straight years for English. So it was always cool, you know, getting to go back to something, you know, comfortable and something that I knew. So but yeah, our high school, I went to a charter high school. So mm-hmm. like it was like weirdly strict at times. Like it, it was interesting. But yeah, I had a I had a pretty good time. I was I was happy because middle school wasn't that great. So of course, you know, little me was nervous to going to a bigger school, but no, it everything turned out well. I have very fond memories of high school. I have some like what the fuck moments from high school, but I think everyone does. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I know it's it's interesting because it's like I'm thinking about you know, all of these things. Like, what would I do if, like, graduation was canceled? What would I do if prom was canceled? Like, honestly, I think it would have fucking benefited me if prom was canceled after my horrific prom story. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, man, I was looking through old photos and I found all my prom pictures. It's uh, fucking prom. I need a better, I need another prom. Can we like do a virtual prom? Yeah. Yeah, let's do a virtual prom. A night at Canto Bite. I mean, Canto Bite is close enough to being a prom theme anyway. That would be like so much fun. Like we get all our like friends and listeners together. We can all dress up and then we can all like nominate who's going to be like the prom king or queen. And then there could be like a prom princess and prince. So that like. Not a lot of people are left out. And then we can do, like, games and, like, make it fun. We can have, like, a drink challenge where it's, like, we can, you know, create our own. Like, we're like, oh, what are we drinking? I'm drinking a martini. Or, you know, like, and maybe we can have, like, a competition on who made, like, the best creative drink. I don't know. I have a lot of time on my hands, obviously. We'll play a bunch of Taylor Swift music. Well, that'll make sure that Eric is there. I'm wearing my bad motivator shirt right now. So nice. I see that. Oh, and speaking of Eric Struthers, the two of us were on episode 199 of The Sick List. So listen to that. Yeah, we were almost good enough to be at 200. Almost. Does this mean I have to sleep with more of the hosts? Be like, yeah, maybe 300. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Who are you going with? Um, <laughs> the w- you don't actually have to answer that. The one that's not married. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, it was a fun time. I love recording with the guys. There's just so many of them now. Like I feel like yeah. I was podcasting with like 700 people. It's a lot of people to podcast with. I know. Like, and I always get afraid of like interrupting people so i'm just like sitting in the corner just being like i'm it's like i'm listening but i'm like oh yeah i'm on this like i should say something and then like you see eric and his hair and then (sighs) eric strathers love that guy he's a good guy he's a good guy oh guess what i did yesterday what did you do yesterday i watched a movie okay now you're very really, you're very excited about this, so I want to know what movie this is. 
It was a really good movie, which, you know, I I was planning on seeing this like for a while, but, you know, it just wasn't on my radar. And finally, I got the opportunity to watch Knives Out. <gasps> Yay! What'd you think? And it was so yes, good. Yes, because you don't like mysteries. I hate mysteries, but like this one's the best. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. That makes me happy. Oh, it was it was so good. Ryan did a phenomenal job. The cast was amazing. Yeah. I loved how shitty Chris Evans was. Chris Evans, I, like I know he's like like good looking hero dude, but he should only play jackasses. He's so good at it. He is. Like I remember he kind of played a jackass in like the original um fantastic four and it it was fine but it was so cool like seeing his acting oh my god what he can do with it that scene when he when his first scene when he's just eating those cookies and everybody's like fighting around him i love it so much and the eat shit thing yeah you eat shit you eat shit. <laughs> Definitely eat shit. shit. And then Michael Shannon going, I'm not eating one iota of shit. Which was apparently an ad lib on his part. Because from what I've listened to, because I've watched both the director's commentary and the in-theater commentary that Ryan did, that line was ad-libbed by Michael Shannon because he's like the funniest dude, even though, except for Knives Out, he pretty much always plays the most serious and scary men ever. And so the fact that he is, like, funny and a good ad-libber makes me love him so much. <laughs> I love that. I also loved, I think her name is Ana de Armas? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love her. She's so good. She needs to do more films or just more everything. And I see that she's dating Ben Affleck right now. So I'm I'm hoping that's going well for her because isn't Ben Affleck's like, a little nuts. Isn't he like also like 20 years older than her? I think like 12 years older. Okay. That's not quite as bad. Yeah. But she's fantastic. I love her. I love that. I mean, that whole cast is so good. Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, she's amazing. I mean... <laughs> Oh, she's so good. Don Knotts as her husband. I can't, I can't even remember the last time I saw Don Knotts in anything, but he's also really funny. The ugh, the kid from It playing the little Nazi is hilarious. Oh my god, I know. He was awful. And then the girl from... I just Everyone was fucking awful. Yeah. Like, the kids were awful. <laughs> everyone was awful. Like, it, it was amazing. And, yeah. oh, Daniel Craig, though. Oh Daniel my god! Craig, in his accent as soon as he opens his it's so funny because I, I remember when uh my friend and i went to see that in the theater and i know i had seen the trailers and i must have known he was doing that accent because there's even the you know the kentucky fried joke that that chris evan makes about it which is in the trailer but somehow i had forgotten about that so as soon as daniel craig opens his mouth and actually says something like i just started cackling loudly in the theater but both my friend and I did because it was just so delightful and like dumb and kind of awful and it makes it brilliant 
I love that scene where he's sitting there in the car talking about like the donut. Oh, oh yes. And just he's going on and on about that. And just it's like so silly, but it fits. Oh. I mean, Craig sells all of that stuff remarkably well. And um Oh, the Keith as as the other policeman is great. His <laughs> sort of like deadpan reactions to watching Blanc. I love him. I I loved everyone. Like it was it was such a good movie. Aren't they doing a sequel? He want Ryan Johnson and Daniel K want to do another uh Blanc movie. And so it seems like I mean that movie made bank for a you know fairly low budget murder mystery that you know and they got a couple of Oscar nominations and shit so I think that the studio is willing to go around on that again I'd be really happy yeah me too I would happily pay for another Ryan Johnson film I love him he's just adorable And oh, I love the lobster sweater. sweater. And his wife is wonderful. Me too. She does the You Must Remember This podcast, which is like a Hollywood history podcast that's really good. She did a whole, yeah. Ooh, she did a whole season. Of, the first time I'd heard it, she had, it was when she was doing a whole season on the Manson family and sort of the, the connections with Hollywood there super good and then she also did one um about the the hollywood babylon like you know expose book that was written that was mostly just lies Hmm. and she sort of like every episode is looking at a different rumor and breaking down the truth of it and it's like she did one on on fatty arbuckle that was amazing and the powie sort of um almost certainly was definitely railroaded and didn't actually kill the woman he supposedly killed but uh i mean she's fantastic i love her that's awesome it's it's great when good people marry good people yeah i'm so glad you liked the movie yeah i really liked it i mean like i wasn't surprised that i liked it but i just i i'm weird with movies like i have to find like the right time to like watch them or like i have to be like in the mood or i don't know so i'm glad that i finally watch that because I definitely would again like that's one of those movies where like I could turn it on TV and like keep watching yeah 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 yeah. I've seen it like I've seen it I mean maybe like eight or nine times by this point dang yeah that's pretty good okay let's dive into the news this week we we actually have a lot like it was one of those weeks where like i was like i i think there was only one thing but there was like seven things but they're mostly but, like, little things yeah so um let me start with the worst news <laughs> okay so there's a rumor going around that Disney is casting a live action Ezra for a Rebels show. 
And this isn't the first time I've seen this. Like, I've seen this a lot. And this, I mean, great, cool. I have two thoughts about this, though. One, if they were going to have a live action Ezra, like, they should just have the guy that played it because he's young, fit. He was good at what he did. He was a good voice actor. He could probably be a good actor, actor. You know, I'd love to see the chance for him to do that. But at the same time, what the fuck? Like, we don't need this. Like, we need new Star Wars content. Like, I I hate saying this, but, like, I don't think that Rebels was as big for Disney to want to move it to live action. Like, I don't understand that thought process and what they could do with this series because we'll just have another live action show in that era where we have fucking everything right now. My guess would be because they've at least the articles I've read say it's definitely not for the Mandalorian. My guess would be we already have heard rumors about an Ahsoka show and I would think that would be the natural fit for it like i don't think it's going to be like a full-on rebels like but live action i think it's just going to be like as it's going to be in ahsoka the other thing is they say they're looking for somebody between ages of 30 and 40 oh so not not like teenage ezra which makes it more palatable for me like, I didn't like that character. Also, I just don't want to watch, like, Adventures of Young Little Jedi Boy, because I find that irritating. Yeah, well, who knows? Maybe he aged a couple years, because Thrawn will, Thrawn will probably be on it, too. And I just did an eye roll right now before saying Thrawn, because I just... <laughs> I think that's so, like, weird that they ended it... They ended the show with... Ezra and Thrawn somewhere in space with all these fucking space whales. Like, I just... I don't get it. And it's like... It's fine. Whatever. Whatever they do with this, I don't know. Hopefully it'll be good. But I just... I would love the opportunity to get something new in Star Wars. Like, I'm tired of all these old characters being recycled in. And it's... The problem is, is that Disney and Star Wars, like, they're... They're good at doing that. They're good at doing that and getting people interested in that. And I feel like they're just using that as a crutch. Like, they need to find new ways to get the fans into it. Yeah, which seems weird to me because I feel like, yeah, if you're doing, like, a live Ahsoka show, there's people you could draw in there. But I also think that if you just say you're doing a live-action Star Wars show, people are going to tune in. And the like everything we know about right now, and honestly, even the stuff that were, that's rumored, is all in the same like at this point, like twenty year span. I mean, yeah, the Mandalorian's mostly new characters, but it's you know it's another like in between the trilogies thing. Um, Cassian again, a show I'm super excited for, but that's you know, that's like five years before Rogue One. Ahsoka would be in this same time period, and then also Obi Wan. It's like do 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 something anywhere else. I would think that after the Mandalorian, that you know Disney 
would want to start something new and start something with fresh characters. Like, I think that was just so successful what they did with the Mandalorian with, with everything. Like, even though we get little tidbits of like, Oh, we're on Tatooine. Like, Oh, here's possibly Boba Fett. Like, I think that's genius. And I think that maybe they're afraid to like take that next chance. But I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know why they're doing this when, but also like why they're doing this when they could have done it with like several different other characters. I mean, think of like five characters that you'd want to get like a live action show. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like five like interesting characters. Like there's Poe. There's, that'd be interesting. Holdo. I don't know. Like I just, I just hope to God that they don't do this with resistance. Like I will be so annoyed, but I'll still watch it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just not something I'd be excited about at all. Yeah, it's annoying. But I don't know. I trust them. I trust they know what they're doing. I mean, the one good thing is Star Wars needs more characters who are people of color. And and that's one thing going in with Ezra. But you could also just do that with a new character. True. Very true. Um, some other quick news is that, uh, the High Republic, uh, series was moved to February instead of its original January 5th date. Um, the movement on that, like, the movement on that all makes sense, um, especially because a lot of, a lot of publishing is based in New York. And I mean, everywhere is, uh, you know, like all sorts of industries, we're seeing delays from the shutdown, but uh, publishing and, and literally just like book printing has been, has been severely hit by that. So, you know, everything's still happening. It's just, it's just being pushed back, which is a shame because I want those books. I'm interested in them, but also, you know, I want everybody to be safe. Yeah. Me too. Okay, but I lied and I read that wrong. So, Star Wars The High Republic, Light of the Jedi, and um, Star Wars The High Republic, Test of Courage, will be released now on January 5th. And then Claudia Gray's Star Wars High Republic Into the Darkness will be released on February 2nd, 2021. Because I believe that they were supposed to be released in, like, November of this year, right? Okay. Something like that. So yeah, just a little delay, but I mean, that's okay. I trust that. I mean, obviously like I know what they're doing and like they are taking this like really seriously and that this is going to be a really cool new avenue for Star Wars. You know, just introducing these characters like through books and comics. Like I think that's so cool and I think that's something that Star Wars hasn't been able to do yet. So I'm excited for what this could bring. 
yeah, I think I think there's going to be a lot of fun stuff in there. Um, you know, I'm not expecting it to be life changing or anything, but it is a good sign that at least in the publishing side of things, they're going on to a new era. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, also, there is a rumor that a new Star Wars game could be released next week. And it's called, I think, Star Wars Maverick? Yeah, it's not. Uh, the game isn't going to be released next week. There, But the news about it might be. Oh, yeah, the news. They, they're just going to release a game. Like, they're going to be like, here you go. Here's the game. Surprise. We've made it. Yeah, anyway, apparently, like, the, the publishing company or whatever has started to be active on Twitter and social media, which seems like them gearing up for this game uh i think because this is because i heard haas and will talking about on blue harvest that this is one that like we saw a logo for because it went up like somebody found the page on like the playstation store or something like the holder thing for it which is how we first learned that this was even like a thing but yeah so i mean probably by the time i mean hopefully by the time this episode goes up we might actually know what that is Yeah. I know because the Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga is coming out in October, I think. And I don't know, like, I don't think there's a lot of Star Wars games right now. Like, I know they just had like a new patch on the. um, The Jedi Apprentice game. And then there's always stuff going on with Battlefront that I've just totally lost all. Yeah, and there's some new VR thing they just announced. It's like Beyond the Galaxy's Edge or something like that, which seems to be like a means it would be set on Batuu or something, but can't afford a VR system anytime soon. So that all is going to pass me by. VR is just so trippy. Like, I think I've only done it once. Like, I think, like, one year for my birthday, like, my dad got me, like, a VR, like, headset thing. But, like, it literally broke, like, like as soon as I started using it. So, that was my last uh, experience with VR. But I know they had, like, something like that at Star Wars Celebration. I think some of our friends tried it out. Yeah, I think that was for, like, the new chapter of Vader Immortal. From what I remember, I've never done it. Uh, I suspect I'd be one of those people who get really sick because I I get motion sick pretty easily. And I know that that's like one thing I've seen from quite a few people is it it makes them feel like they're going to throw up. I'm like, okay, maybe I won't do that. So what would be like your kind of Star Wars game? Honestly, what I would really want is, I mean, they don't exist in the same form anymore, but somebody like Telltale, which does, you know, they did The Wolf Among Us and they did The Walking Dead game and it's very story heavy, quite a bit actually of just pointing and clicking 
and you know choosing your dialogue options and and i that's kind of what i just want in a perfect world i would have a star wars animal crossing video game <laughs> where like i would like choose like the planet that i would want to you know live on and then you know create like a community and you know get to visit other people's planets and maybe my planet has like more fruits or vegetables to provide than the other planet or maybe i have more tools that i could you know share with others and i can create a whole galaxy nice and you're gonna have star wars fruit and star wars turnips yeah my my turnips sell, selling prices will that's that's interesting with the turnips because like you know timmy and tommy could sell them at nook's cranny for like 60 bells one day then the next day it could be like randomly be like 600 like how the fuck does that happen like just like the chances of that is just like crazy and it's always like so annoying because it always happens when like you don't buy turnips and like i and that's the thing that sucks about Sundays is that Daisy May is only on your island from 5 a.m. to noon on Sundays. Like, why isn't she there all day? Like, I know that Daisy May has like a time frame, but come on, Daisy May. Like, some people are are, are busy on Sundays. You know, some people, you know, like don't have the opportunity to wake up at five in the morning to you know buy their turnips. Like, Daisy May. Like, maybe change your hours a little bit. But anyways, back to real life and not Animal Crossing ranting. Um, God, we're, we're speeding through the news. Like, the, this is really, like, small news. Yeah, there's not a lot. The only other thing is the uh, Jedi Temple Challenge, which is the game show that Ama Best is hosting, is going to debut on June 3rd. And I thought originally this was a Disney Plus show, but they're saying it's on the YouTube Kids channel. I would want it to be on Disney Plus because I think that would be, you know, great content for kids. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed weird to me, but maybe I'm just remembering that wrong. But anyway, like the trailer came out for, you know, it looks like the old Nickelodeon Legends of the Hidden Temple, but with a Star Wars skin over it, that's fine. Um uh, look, I'm probably not going to watch every episode of this. It's not something you really like watch and then talk about, I would think. But I'll check out one episode because it would probably is like fun and cool, especially if you're like a little kid. I know it's like at Disneyland when they used to have like the Jedi trials. So like they get all the kids in Jedi robes and like they would have to, you know, prove themselves to be a Jedi and then Darth Vader and Darth Maul would come out, even though that like that doesn't work. Like, that always, like, as a kid, like, I would always be like, why is Darth Vader and Darth Maul in the same room? Like, they, like, this was before that Darth Maul, like, came came back in Clone Wars. Oh, I was okay. like, this is impossible. But, like, now they have, like, one of the Inquisitors with, with Vader. And I just, I, I think, I like the more canon 
things like even though it's for kids and even though like yeah 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 like I don't know I just it it flows better Rusty did it once oh yeah yeah I think he fought Darth Maul he was the best one there because obviously he had Jedi training before going to the Disney Jedi training so (laughs) but yeah I'm sad they got rid of that like that was like such like a fun little thing for the kids to do I think they still have it in Florida but I mean obviously with all the parks being closed right now they'll probably never do something like that because if you really think about it it's like the kids are re-wearing like robes out of their kids wore like And then, like, they're touching the lightsabers. And I just, I don't know how theme parks are ever going to be, like, the same after this. Yeah, it seems crazy. It is. And then, you know, they haven't canceled Celebration yet. Which, I mean, are they even going to at this point? Because... Anaheim's probably going to announce in the next couple weeks that they're going to reopen Disneyland in, like, July or something. Like, I just, it seems, like, too soon. Because, I mean, Celebration is in, like, two months. Like, I don't know how they're going to do that. I mean, they can't, I I don't, I, I think even, you know, like, even theme park reopening is different than holding a convention. And and hopefully they're going to, like, hopefully the city will realize you can't have, like, big events where it's thousands of people crammed into a building. Yeah. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't I, do it how, like, it is. Like, you couldn't have the number of people who have bought tickets. And, and yeah, granted, not everybody would show up. And, like, people from other countries, you know, not necessarily even be able to fly in. But even then, there wouldn't be, like, you couldn't let everybody in because you couldn't social distance at all. It's just, it's so weird because, you know, it's getting to the point where people aren't going to be able to, you know, cancel their hotel reservations or Airbnbs. Like, I know that, like, my date to cancel and get, like, 100% refund is, like, coming up pretty soon. And... It's it's interesting because it's like I get it. Like I get how difficult it is for, you know, the convention center to, you know, cancel this because as soon as they cancel it, they have to postpone it. And then like they have to do refunds and especially Disney because a lot of people bought the Disney After Dark tickets that the event totally sold out. So I don't know what Disney's going to do. Disney will probably be like, oh, we'll refund it, but you can just use it for a different event. But People are flying here from all over the the world. Like they're they're not gonna go back to Disneyland like anytime soon. Like this was like their probably like once in a lifetime opportunity to do that. Yeah, they really they need to cancel it and they need to do it now. I mean, even if they don't cancel it, I'm not going. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people will. It's very tricky. And just think about like how people get like the con crime, yeah. they call it that. I mean, I get sick I get sick every just, year I go to a convention. Uh, 
I think working at a casino makes me like immune to all this because I'm just around everything. But God, I just, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. I, I just want people to not stress about if this is going to happen or not because it's so expensive. You know, flying and traveling and staying somewhere and going to a convention and, you know, convention stuff is expensive. California is expensive. Like, it's going to cost you, like, $15 to get, like, a beer, you know? Or it should only cost you, like, six or seven. <laughs> I don't know. I do not know. Um. So, do you want to get to email first and then Deadwood? Sure. Oh, also, I watched the Mandalorian Gallery, okay. whatever the fuck it's called, and it was really good. And you see all the puppeteers for Baby Yoda, and they're amazing, and I love them. Did they show the concept art for Baby Yoda, though? Yeah, they showed several things. That one that you like the most, the one that's really going around is the terrifying looking one. There are lots of other ones they show. The one that looks like my grandfather? Yeah, that one. just I what is that like yeah it's like a horrible looking little gremlin thing it's so chunky too which isn't a bad thing but its ears are like huge too like I I would think that you know you'd want it to look not exactly like Yoda, but I mean, I, I just, I don't think that this little old man, I don't know how that would have been uh, perceived at fans. No, that was, that, that was a bad design. The other thing that's really cool is they have, they interview the, um, the actor who does Quill. Because, of course, you know, like, you know, obviously Nick Nolte is doing the voice, but they have this interview with this uh, performance artist, and I can't remember her name. But it was really interesting because they're talking about how, I mean, she's in this, you know, very, like, restrictive costume. And on top of that is the prosthetic mask. But the prosthetic mask, because, like, they need, you know, to to move the eyebrows and the mouth and stuff in ways that you can't with that much prosthetic. So it's it's like a prosthetic with computer shit in it so they can move it around so she's she's talking a lot about coordinating what she's doing with her body versus like the line readings from nolte and triggering the people who are controlling the like the eyebrows on the prosthetics to move and it all seemed incredibly work intensive and it's really impressive that's awesome and also, there's a little bit of Werner Herzog talking about Baby Yoda. Okay, now we're getting to, like, what I thought the Disney gallery was going to be, like, from the beginning. Yeah. So, this is great. Yeah. This whole episode is about, like, the practical effect stuff. And one thing that I thought was cool is Filoni says that even the scenes when they had to use the CG baby Yoda 
any movement within that CJ Baby Yoda was all stuff that Puppet Baby Yoda could do. So there's no movement there that the puppet's not able to actually do, even when it's CG. And I thought that was really neat. That's really cool. Yeah, and they show like a scenes like behind the scenes stuff where you have like three different people working the Baby Yoda puppet. And Bryce Dallas Howard is adorable. And she doesn't it's like they don't refer to Baby Yoda as Baby Yoda or as the child or even the baby. It's always just baby. Isn't baby so cute? Like <laughs> baby is great. Everybody loves baby. Loved it. Adorable. It makes me happy. I love that. And I think it's crazy that they were able to keep him hidden for so fucking long. I know. It's insane. I don't. I mean, it's kudos to them because it's brilliant and was the best surprise ever in Star Wars. It's the only surprise. Yeah, now. Yeah. I love it. Um... Let's get to email. We have one from our friend Ian. Hello, Canto by Dispatch. I hope you're both hanging in there and doing well. I was thoroughly entertained with Emily's commentary of The Phantom Menace. What I want to know is, will we be getting a commentary on Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith? I hope so, because I'd love to hear Emily's hot takes. May the force be with you, Ian maybe the thing with attack of the clones is the day i was going to do it because i was just going to do it the next day but then that was like the attack of the clones anniversary and i'm like oh that's just shitty like that just be like mean to do right now so then i didn't do it and now i'm like eh. we'll see how bored i get i guess yeah but i'm glad you i'm glad you enjoyed my tweets about it I, I, I guess that was my outlet to have some sort of fun when I was watching that endless movie. Yeah, I think Attack of the Jones or Attack of the Jones. <laughs> Attack of the Clones. That could have been the, the instead of the Geek Dudes the podcast keeping up with the Joneses that Jonesy does with Lady J. Attack of the Jones, man. Wow. I don't know where that came from. Maybe because I was thinking that there was a new episode of Keeping Up with the Joneses. Yeah, because they finally released the one where they watched Solo. Oh, I miss them. I hope they're doing well. But what was I going to say? Yeah, I think Attack of the Clones would be a better experience for you. A lot more CGI. Um, I mean, I think we both know how many clone troopers are CGI (laughs) in that movie now yeah less than 10 (laughs) well it goes into the new Sith list to get that reference you know I I didn't care about the context I was just happy I got it right yeah I mean he he is wrong in terms of that was a true statement because 0 is definitely less than 10 but yeah, because, uh, you know, because I, I get where he was wording it from, that it was like a trick question. But 
that was the most incorrect answer because even though yeah less than he should have said more than 10 but still uh even though that he worded it incorrectly i still got it right and i knew that he would hold it over me if i got it wrong or i would just i would i would to myself because i take those so seriously like i it's like game time yeah you're competitive oh very like i'm gonna have to write apology letters to like my neighborhood because when we play badminton in the backyard like i curse a little bit (laughs) high stakes world of family badminton yeah it's a serious game you know like you lose then you know you can always play another game but it's always it's best out of two sports um do you want to read the next email oh thank you ian for the email you are awesome yeah we also got one from rabia hello cancer fighters it seems that the world is burning right now or that it was always burning but now we know it for certain I first want to say I hope you're all safe and your families are safe and that any violence within your communities is brought to an end. I debated even sending an email this week. Is this even the time to discuss Star Wars? But I decided to go ahead anyway and I hope if anyone finds this insensitive, please forgive me. Now, I'm a little over the false narrative that Star Wars, and particularly over the past few years, is super progressive in its inclusion in social commentary. I found that while some progress has been made in the inclusion of people of different races and more women, overall it is quite lacking, especially regarding the lack of LGBT plus characters and behind-the-camera talent of other races and genders. And the latter has resulted in what I found to be a very shallow depictions of real-world issues of bigotry, totalitarianism, and the refugee crisis. And I say shallow because very little of it was emotionally moving to me, despite knowing and or belonging to the groups that the films are clearly referring to. And I feel that is in large part due to its white filmmakers who may be well-intentioned but not equipped to handle these discussions. Parentheses, I hope Taika will change this. So here are three black filmmakers who I think would make great Star Wars movies with exceptional social commentary, even if a couple of them do not have the same blockbuster experience as other directors. One, Nia DaCosta did Candyman 2020, Little Woods in 2019. Good Woods is a great drama starring Tessa Thompson and Lily James, which really shows how poverty coupled with misogyny can really screw women over. But Takasta doesn't beat you over the head with it, instead immersing the audience in the lives of the characters to truly understand their perspectives. And if Jordan Peele can vouch for her, she's worth listening to. Number two, Julius Ona, who did Luce in 2019 and The Cloverfield Paradox in 2018. Luce is the best movie no one saw from last year. The whole time, the audience is caught trying to decipher if its protagonist is a dangerous young man, possibly due to trauma of his early life as a child soldier before being adopted, or if he's an innocent black man who, despite being the model minority, is being targeted by a teacher and feels enormous pressure to conform to what society wants him to be. Ona both wrote and directed Luce, and I wonder what compelling and complex characters he could bring to Star Wars. Uh, Three, Ama Asante, Where Hands Touch, 2018, Bell in 2013. Ama Asante seems to be particularly interested in showing depictions of black people in certain time periods where other filmmakers have ignored them, such as the 18th century or World War II. But I chose her because she also excels at star-crossed lovers, and Star Wars has been lacking in terms of romances of late, as The Rise of Skywalker ended every romance without a happy ending. Honorable mentions of any race, Kari Fukunaga, Mira Nair, Sarah Gavron, Grant 
Sportor, Ter- Taylor Sheridan, Ang Lee, Bung Jung Ho, and so on. So if any franchises, so if other franchises like Marvel and DC can give indie directors huge projects, so should Star Wars. Stay safe and may the force be with you. Yeah, I think what you say, Robbie, about the, the you know, these being really shallow depictions are are pretty true. You know, like we can talk as much as we want about, you know, Star Wars is about how fascism is bad, but also that all that's all it sort of is. It's just like the message is, hey, fascism is bad. Don't be fascist. Fascism is wrong. And it doesn't ever really like dive much deeper to that or explore anything that would make anybody too uncomfortable. You know, you don't. like again like maybe on a surface level talk about like the the complacency of people at places like canto bite but in sort of a dismissive oh that's just these super rich like people who are out of touch surely you're not one of those people and and beyond that i don't i don't think it shows issues on any particularly deep level i think you know on a surface level star wars has the right idea you know, fascism is bad. Um, you should you should resist totalitarian governments, and we should take care of of people, and we should you know welcome in refugees. But it doesn't it doesn't ever really dig into it, and it does it in a way that, unless you are, you know, the the extreme right wing people you see on Twitter complaining that suddenly Star Wars is political, it doesn't do anything that would make people like look at themselves and their own failings at all i don't know but like that's the thing though is that you know star wars has always been like you know political like george was really you know and in revenge of the sith you know he added that you're either with me or you're against me and that was you know because everything happening happening after you know 9-11 so uh, i don't know like i I just think that Star Wars needs, you know, because one thing that I love about this email is, you know, Rabia, you know, naming some amazing directors that have made these amazing movies and which I definitely need to check out some of these. And I just I feel like that's what Star Wars needs is, you know, writers and directors with, you know, different perspectives and perspectives that we need in Star Wars because they are people and they are. I don't know, like, we've always kept the same perspective of, you know, white people, white men writing these movies, directing these movies. But I just, I feel like we need people of color. We need Star Wars to be better. Yeah, and I think, I think part of what the problem is, is this mindset that, Every movie needs to be a billion dollar movie or else it's a failure. And man, I wish Star Wars would be able to do, I mean, not even like low budget, but more mid budget movies that they might be more willing to, to hand to a director who doesn't have a ton of blockbuster experience. But I don't know. It's like, again, like, I mean, we, we, we've seen, Marvel take risks on people 
uh, you know, with with Ragnarok and with Black Panther. You know, these weren't huge, you know, galactic blockbuster movie guys. And so I I don't I don't I don't know what Star Wars like the I don't know what the issue is there. Like I don't know why they can't just do it. And it is it is disappointing. Because, you know, and, and you, you say this, you know, like in your email, Robbie, like, it, it, like good intentions are, are, you know, nice and everything. But at the end of the day, it, it's not the same as, as having this broader perspective and like the real depth and truth that having somebody who could tell their own stories could give us. Yeah, and I just I feel like the box office has become like such like a competition. Like I feel like people are just trying to, you know, create these movies that are gonna, you know, do so well in the box office and make records. And that's what they're thinking about instead of, you know, creating a story or getting, you know, people the chance to write and create these passionate and beautiful stories. Like it just it it sucks how much that's been important to people is, you know, oh, how well does this do in the box office? Like we always talk about that, about, oh, like how many people went to go see Solo or how many people saw Rogue One? Like what should matter is like the story. Look, look, I don't mean like, I I realize it's a business at the end of the day, but, you know, then make a movie that doesn't cost, you know, $200 million. You know, there, you can plenty of of mid level movies that do really well compared to their budget and still complete. You know, make their money back and make you know more. Besides, I mean, you know, we were talking earlier about Knives Out. That's a movie nobody expected to be a big hit, and it was, and and did really well both critically and financially. But yeah, it didn't make a billion dollars because of course it didn't make a billion dollars, and not every every movie should be like judged in that way and not like that's the other thing it's like oh this movie didn't become the number one movie of all time therefore this movie is a failure is such a bizarre mindset and is poison to making art yeah Hmm. I don't know. I am just always in awe of Rabia's emails and just what, you know, just what she has to, you know, provide, like what knowledge she has to provide, like to us. Like, I'm really thankful that we have someone like Rabia who emails us and, you know, educates us. And I am very thankful for that. Yeah, because, I mean, she doesn't have, I mean, nobody has a responsibility to educate you and tell you when you're being an idiot because that is a big emotional ask of somebody and so when somebody is willing you know to to take the time out and and share that perspective i think it's good because at the end of the day we are two white girls with a podcast yeah it's true yeah but thank you thank you everyone who emails us and who helps us you know become better people and just for supporting us Anyways, 
Emily, I think it's time for Deadwood. Yay! Okay, we're back. You watched some Deadwood? Yes, after two long weeks without Deadwood. This episode was called Plague. Even though it wasn't the plague, it was just uh, smallpox, right? Or it was I mean, it's not just smallpox. Uh, it's fairly serious, but yeah, it's smallpox. Yeah, just smallpox. No big deal. But I'll keep calling it the plague because that's what he was calling it. Um, I'm happy that my boy, the pastor, isn't dead. I thought he was dead last week, but he's not. No, he's not dead. He's been having really bad uh, seizures, though. Mm -hmm. So, and he said that the first one that he had was the one that we watched last episode. So I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping that his health is well the next episode because I really like him. I really like what he provides for the show and provides for, you know, Deadwood. Like, he's good at what he does. Um, I'm trying to think what else happened in this episode. Um, I really like Trixie. Trixie's great. Like, I, I'm i seeing her intentions. You know, she's helping Alma, which I'm kind of surprised about that she's, like, helping her out. I, I'm almost wondering why, because, I mean, her and Al have this, you know, strange relationship, and she knows that the second she, like, fucks up, he'll kill her. So, I don't know what Alma has to provide for her to, you know, want to risk that, but, I mean, I appreciate and respect it. Yeah, because Alma's trying to get off Laudanum, and Al sends Trixie to Alma, because Alma has the... um the young girl at this point who was rescued back in the first episode. And so he sends Trixie supposedly to help watch her, but really because Al still wants this, uh, you know, this uh, gold claim back and it would be easier for him to get it. If almost still off her face on Gladnum, but Trixie as a former addict and as just a huge fucking badass, is willing to lie to Al and everyone else and say that, that Alma's still using when she's not. Yeah. Okay, so I I forget the fucker's name that keeps checking up on Alma. Uh, Farnham. But Farnham's a fucker. He's a little weasel. He's terrible. Yeah. And so this episode started off with uh, Seth, you know, Going around, I think he's trying to find um, the terrible man that killed uh, uh, Wild Jack Bill, McCall. Yes, he, yeah, but he gets attacked, and there's a gruesome death scene, and then he is found by Charlie. Charlie. Oh yeah, that was Charlie. Charlie Utter. Okay. So that was nice of Charlie. You know. But yeah, that was a scene. Yeah, it is a brutal fight. Um it's a it's a it's a pretty intense one. Yeah, and then I'm trying to think what else happened in the episode. So like they all get together to write in the newspaper. 
Yeah, because um, they want to sort of contain the panic of the smallpox. Um, and by they, it's, you know, it's, it's um, Al and Cy from the Bella Union and some of the other, like, like upstanding business owners of Deadwood, I guess, like people who have more of a financial concern in the town staying together. So they've, they've sent off people to go get like medicine and, and the vaccine, but that takes time. So they want to keep everybody calm until then. Yeah, and Jane came back. Yeah, Jane's back, and she's she's like helping out because they set up a plague camp basically. Yeah. And and she's she's going to help out there because she, the doc tells her when she was helping take care of the of the child that she's something she's really good at. I like the doctor. Doc's great. Yeah, I really feel for Jane right now. Like she is going through a lot and I just feel like people just throw shit at her constantly. And I just I want to see her prevail from all of this and to, you know, I'm glad that she's helping out at the plague camp. And I don't know, I just I hope that she gets over, you know, her addictions too. you know, like how Alma might. But also there's the scene where Soulstar and Trixie talk for a second. And I just I saw the looks on their faces and my God, I need I need like some romance in this show because I feel like I'm like shipping every every <laughs> every two people that look at each other like they want to have sex with each other. Saul's adorable. He's just a happy little fucker. Ugh, I love him. John Hawks is so good. And the pastor is always so happy too. Like I just, I want to know what other shit he's in because like he is such an interesting actor. Yeah, he's somebody who I've seen pop up from time to time on a lot of different shows, but off the top of my head, I can't think of any. Yeah. So I mean, okay, so there's. A, there's a lot going on at the other parlor. Okay, so who's the the guy at the other saloon? Uh, Sai. Sai. What's up with his relationship with um? God, I forget her name too. Joni. Joni. Well, it is uh, probably an even more fucked up one than than Alan Trixie. Because, like, Al is definitely scary and, you know, as we, we saw in the first episode, willing to to knock Trixie around he does on like some level care for her Mm -hmm. 
Whereas Sai and Joni seems more proprietary. Like he like really feels like he, you know, owns her. And so like it, on the surface of it, Joni seems like she has more power than Trixie because she's sort of like more of a madam there than anything else. And, you know, she's always in, she's in the nice clothes and, ha- you know, sort of in control of the other women. But I, I'd say really her, her situation is, is probably a lot more precarious. Yeah, she's interesting. I'm interested to see what happens with her character. And I don't know. I feel like this episode was like very like just not a lot happened other than other than smallpox. So I wonder how it's going to shape the camp. But also Seth should be coming back soon. So I wonder what he's going to do. Maybe. <laughs> no he's back soon okay I just don't know what else is going to happen like that's the thing with the show is that like just one thing happens one week and then Ooh. But yeah but I like this episode I'm glad you're continuing to enjoy it me too it's a very good show it is It is. So, what's the next? Do you, do you know what episode I'm going to be watching next? Um, not off the top of my head. Oh, the next episode is called "Bulk Returns to Camp." So there you go. <laughs> Yay! Oh, okay. Um. God damn it. No, it's not it's not this episode, it's the episode after. But we get some new characters um in the next episode. Uh one played by Kristen Bell. Who I adore because Veronica. Kristen Ronnie's, Bell? Yeah. Is in Deadwood. Yeah. Happy Sunshine Kristen Bell. I mean, I would say a little bit less happy in sunshine, but yes. Anna from Frozen. Uh-huh. And from The Good Place and from Veronica Mars, one of the best shows of all time. Yeah. Motherfucker. Was Veronica Mars really that good? I love it. I mean, the first two seasons are amazing. It sort of lost its way a little bit, and then it got canceled, and then it got brought back, and I haven't watched the new season because I heard what happened, and I got super pissed about it, so I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, I don't blame you. I heard it was bad, too. It was just like, it, I read the thing, and it was like, oh, that's a really mean thing to do to your fans when you're bringing your show back after like 10 years. Like, it's just it's, it's just shitty and mean, and so, like, but I think the, the first couple seasons of it are great. Mostly because she's a delightful actress. Yeah. Well, awesome. I'm excited for Deadwood next week. And I'm excited for the possibility of new Star Wars news next week. Hopefully. Awesome. 
well, do we have anything else this week? I don't think so. Sweet. Um, Emily, where can we find you in the podcast and social media? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Kent. Oh, no, that's the podcast. I'm at Twitter and Instagram at EF Lynn. <laughs> the podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at Cantobite Pod. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know where our podcast is, but please write and review us wherever you listen to it. Also, check us out on episode 199 of The Sith List. Congratulations to them on hitting 200. I am on the Pop Culture Hour, which you can find on podcast form or YouTube. And I do a Fast and the Furious podcast called The Fan and the Furious. Brittany? You can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. So, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Here we go. Yo, 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 and away we go. It's time to serenade my girl Lindo. Sorry, the ladies, where I had to say no, but if I'm cheating on Serena, it's on Canto. No shame in the game, make even Rogue One seem tame. But I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main. Yeah, that's fire. Love on the rocks, leaves the love on my socks. Lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked, especially when y'all truly whips out his cock. Canto bite. Episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls E&B deserve congratulations Our adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop lines for our friends This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches all my Canto bitches Start off with my Aussies Catherine's a sweet one Brought cash into lunch With Canto bitch number one Josh made it a team And had bourbon and cornflakes The kind of ice cream That made him show me his old face Got to meet Turbo And throw back some brew Fish tacos and San Fran You know we approve Rebecca from Perth I haven't met you yet Last shout to Fruity dude I didn't forget This is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches all my canto bitches Rabia and Adele often email the show I cut a track on them trolls with Johnny Grosso Jesse McGee busted a rap for me Met her and horse B at Scum and Villainy King Tom Death Watch The most regal of fathers Got to behold the luscious locks of Strata Shouted Rusty last time so I shout a Raj too You know the list ain't complete without lesson boo This is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches all my canto bitches now if i didn't say your name don't feel no shame you love the fun the games and refresher bangs hang on every word of lindo's fanfic where she describes every vein in mendo's dick spread the word maybe buy a t-shirt i don't know maybe ask the girls of yaddle squirts take your cbd send in your top three and you'll always be a bitch like me get him eric
<laughs> Holy shit.